Greetings, Shivia Churches. Greetings to those joining us from elsewhere. This Sunday, we'll have services at Yetham and at Linton. Um, intimations, more Battle Guild members are invited to, to meet on Tuesday morning, half past ten, to discuss the Guild service next week. In Yetham at 10.30, the same time, there'll be the coffee morning. And in the afternoon, the mission committee meet at 1.30 in Yetham. And in the evening, there'll be the prayer meeting um, at half past six. So uh, Tuesday's a busy day. A few months ago, I'd asked for people who were interested in helping Ukrainian refugees in any way, in a cafe or teaching English or befriending. And some people put their names up. We're actually following that up now, and there'll be one or two meetings soon. So just be aware of that, but also let me know if you're still interested. With the, the presbytery plan coming up, and there'll be more need of people to lead services. And there is an, a college, a new college course in Edinburgh on leading worship that can either be in person or maybe more appropriate for us by Zoom. And there is a notice about that. If anyone is interested at all in leading worship, please speak to me as soon as possible as numbers are very limited. A reminder that I'll be walking the Kilt Walk on the 18th of September. Sponsor forms are now in the church. And we'll be in, in more battle shop, maybe for Yetum shop, I'll wait another week or so. Um, but certainly in the church, they're there. But preferably, you can sponsor online. It makes things a bit easier. And as I mentioned, the plan, it will be brought to the presbytery meeting this Wednesday at 6.30 in Jedburgh Old and Trinity Church. And it will be discussed. And if it is passed, then we go forward with it, obviously. I don't know what happens if it fails. But the congregation is cited to attend. These, I think, are all the intimations. We have our call to worship. O oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I lie down and when I rise O oh Lord, may we open ourselves in worship and give of ourselves in worship and service. Receive our praise as we gather to worship you this day. Our first hymn is 457, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name.
and thanks to Gordon and Heather. Let us pray. God of all creation, you have opened the world around us and filled her with creatures of your love and purpose. Each one declares your praise. The mountain states your majesty, the ripened field your generosity. Birds flying aloft sing of your freedom. The tiny ant works with your persistence. And what do we declare about you in our lives? We pray that our work will honour your justice and your mercy. May our relationships speak of your love and compassion. And so may we praise you, O God, not just in this hour of worship, but in all our waking and our working. Challenge us today to live out the praise we offer you through the grace of Jesus Christ. God of justice and mercy, we offer you our love and loyalty in worship. And yet we admit we do not live out that love and loyalty. We don't always act in our good intentions. We fail to keep our promises and we hurt each other. Forgive us, we pray. And forgive us for not taking up our cross and following Christ. And friends, let us proclaim the good news to one another. In Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. And now we join in our family prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. We turn to the book of Philemon and we read from the first verse. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, to Aphia, our sister, to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home, grace to you and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith, so that you have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I appeal to you on the basis of love. I then, as Paul, an old man and now a prisoner of Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus. Who because my son while I was in chains, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I'm sending him, who's my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I'm in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that any favour you do will be spontaneous and not forced. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little 
while a little while, was that you might have him back for good, no longer as a slave, but better as a slave, a dear brother. He is very dear to me and even dearer to you, both as a man and a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one thing more, prepare a guest room for me, because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Jesus Christ, sends you greetings, and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. It's nice to read a whole letter. And then in, in Luke, we just read the first few verses of, of Luke 14, and we start at 25. Large crowds were travelling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers, his sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Amen. And the Lord bless these readings from his holy word. Oh, praise to God's name. And the hymn 240, God in Such Love. Let us pray. Spirit of God, present now in each one of us, bring forth truth from words spoken and heard as we seek to follow in the way of Christ, the eternal living word. Amen. It's often interesting to hear how people pronounce names as they read the lessons on Sunday. I was taking a, a service in one of the sheltered housing complexes in Kelso this week and talking about Moses. I was saying Moses. Afterwards, one of the ladies who was there said, is it Moses or is it Moses? It had never occurred to me that I was saying it in a different way from everyone else. 
In Zambia, people liked soft A's. So Jacob became Jacob. Abraham became Abraham. And maybe we're nearer to the original Hebrew. But today we had Philemon. Is it Philemon? Is it Philemon? How do we pronounce it? It's not a, a, a letter we read very often, so it doesn't quite trip off our tongues. But it's a fascinating book. It's a shortest of Paul's letters, only 25 verses, and the only one written to an individual rather than a church. And that's because the message was personal. Because Philemon, who was a prominent member of the church, also owned slaves. Now, in the first century, there was nothing unusual about that. Slavery was right at the heart of the Roman economy and indeed of other cultures at that time. It was a given. But one of Philemon's slaves had run away and had somehow made their way to Paul, who at that time was himself in prison. Maybe he'd met Paul. Paul had maybe visited Philemon. And he'd somehow become attracted to Paul, wanted to hear more about the message he was proclaiming. So he made a beeline for Paul in prison. And being in prison, having his own liberty taken from him, maybe that made Paul more sympathetic to the runaway slave. But he knew Philemon. He knew the punishment of Onesimus was caught. And so he wrote to Philemon and said, you know, you have a problem. And the problem was that Philemon had a runaway slave who may well have taken something when he fled. But the same runaway slave had come to faith in Jesus Christ, had been baptized by Paul. And now he was a brother in the Lord. And that would make an interesting dynamic in Philemon's household. A slave, but a brother in the Lord. And that problem had a name, Onesimus. It means useful. And maybe it was a name given to him. Paul begins his letter with dollops of flattery, praising Philemon's work in the church, but then it is a sting in the tail as he makes an impassioned appeal for Philemon to welcome Onesimus back, not to punish him, but to forgive him any wrong and to treat him as a brother. Paul doesn't condemn slavery outright in the letter, but he obviously has sympathy with the slave. And elsewhere, he writes that in Christ there is no male or female, no slave or free. We're all one in Christ. And so many slaves were attracted by the radical message of Christianity. Now, we don't know what happened, how Philemon reacted, whether he did punish, whether he did forgive. But I rather think it was the second. For we know that there was a bishop in Ephesus in the very early second century called Onesimus. Was it the same person far older? Or is it someone named after the slave? 
the fact that this letter exists and was so treasured in the early church, that it was included in the canon and the books that make up the New Testament, that tells us something. I think it tells us that Philemon took the message to heart and welcomed Onesimus as a brother and maybe even gave him his freedom. Our gospel reading today has Jesus counting the cost of discipleship, making it clear to the disciples that to follow him meant complete commitment. He called them to take up their crosses and follow him. It cost to be a Christian and certainly it cost Philemon. For when Jesus came, comes into the equation, things have to change. Before he was Christian, Philemon would have just punished Onesimus for running away. But now that Christ had entered his life, he had to act differently. He had to show the same forgiveness and compassion that Christ showed. And it's the same for us. Jesus has entered into our lives. And so if we take him seriously, we must change the way we treat people. We need to reflect on what Christ would do in any situation and change accordingly. Take slavery. It's so difficult for us to understand why Christian rulers were so heavily involved in shipping thousands upon thousands of slaves to the America from Africa. We can't fathom how plantation owners in the Caribbean or the southern states of America could go to church, even build churches, while all the time oppressing their fellow human beings. We thank God for Christians like William Wilberforce, who campaigned so relentlessly to see slavery banned. However, slavery still goes on today. There are countries in the Gulf, where slavery still exists, human trafficking goes on, people lure women and children, promises of new life, only for them to find themselves in impossible situations, often having to work in prostitution. In Qatar, which is hosting the next World Cup, workers have been building the stadia. And while not class slaves, our conditions are not unlike it. And yet we can let these things pass us by. It's like climate change, the effects of which are so obvious to us. And yet the enthusiasm to do something about it after the COP conference last year seems to have waned. We need to keep our eyes open to what is in plain sight in front of us and make sure our leaders and people in authority can see it as well. Paul encourages Philemon to look on Onesimus, not as a slave, but as a brother. We too need to look around and see beyond the labels we stick on people and see them as people made in God's image and beloved to God. And so work ever that all people may enjoy the freedom to know God and to follow. In the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Let us pray. Clouds rolling across the sea and land, freedom and space to explore. The soothing pattern and rhythm of our days and seasons ground us in the eternal. Tranquility in early morning rising, delight in our green surroundings, joyous laughter of children, all remind us of the wonders of our lives. We give thanks for the gifts we witness around us in green spaces and music and creativity, support and affirmation and love and companionship in church communities and the wisdom in our shared heritage and the wonderful example of Jesus. Lord, we bring our thanks and praise. Our God, there is much happening in our world that concerns us which we bring to you in prayer. The armed conflicts in places like Ukraine and the Yemen displace people who have already lost so much. People being trafficked. And those who have no freedom at all. Lord, be with them, be in all these situations. We think of the cost of living crisis, of rising prices, impacting everyone across the world, especially those who can least afford it. Not only do we cry out for justice and fairness, equality for all people, we pray also that you would show us how we might be agents of change. We bring silent prayers of our own burdens, both those of love and those who, which lie heavily upon our hearts. And as we answer the call to follow Jesus, we pray that you'll be with us and inspire us. We remember all who have sought God before us, all who have gone before saints and martyrs, the wisdom which shapes our knowledge and understanding today. We also pray for our loved ones who have gone through death, that they may know the brightness of eternal life, and that we who are left can continue to grow through their inspiration. So we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And our closing hymn is a hymn 192, All My Hope on God is Founded.
And so may the, the love of God and the grace of God and the joy of God be in your hearts and be on your minds. And may the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you and be with all whom you love this day and even forevermore. Amen.